Um, I would love to have you back on the program to further talk about this. I'd, I'd be happy to do so. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Dave, for being being with me today. Bless your heart. Bless you for what you're doing. Thank you, Diana. It was a pleasure meeting you, and uh, I hope to talk to you again. You will. Thank you so much. Bye-bye now. Take care. Bye-bye, listeners. Homeowners, if your lender has gone out of business or sold your transaction to another lender or servicer, you may be the victim of a wrongful foreclosure resulting in the loss of your home. If you've already lost your home, are in foreclosure, or even in good standing, you can challenge the mortgage transaction's illegal issue and your property can be restored to you, and your foreclosure can be stopped or reversed and the mortgage transaction declared unenforceable. State laws, U.S. title codes, the Uniform Commercial Codes, and U.S. Supreme Court rulings have upheld that defective mortgage documentations can reverse or stop foreclosures and enforce property title claims in favor of the homeowner. We are having successes in stopping the process of foreclosure, the enforcement of the foreclosure judgments, the sale of property, and evictions after the sale. We are not attorneys, and we don't give legal advice. We are a professional team of legal researchers, providing forensic mortgage audits and expert witnesses. We have the knowledge to produce the evidence and enforce laws regarding your legal issues. We've been in business for 12 years without a complaint. Consultations are free, and we provide a free title search to confirm if your mortgage has legal defects. Please call 855-253-3748. 855-2-KEEP-IT-TODAY. Listening to Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. Truth, 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 truth. Oh, yeah, the truth will set you free. First, it'll freak you out. Lately I've been finding it in words Long written down What we need now is all those who Will come alive Who know the whole world will change In the blink of an eye Hi, everybody. This is Sally Olcordia, and welcome to Vaccine Free America on RepublicBroadcasting.org every Saturday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 Central, 5 Mountain, and 4 Pacific. So I hope you will tune in. And uh, I have a really interesting lineup this evening. My first uh, guest is a I pre-recorded earlier this week, and he is attorney Rocco Galati, and uh, Vaccine Choice Canada recruited him to represent on behalf of uh, exemptions for children to attend school in Canada, vaccine exemptions. So that'll be the first issue he addresses. That's one lawsuit. And the second one is in regard to COVID-19 and the restrictions that have been impo- imposed there. So uh, 
the then I will be bringing on uh, Ted Kuntz, also from Vaccine Choice Canada, who is going to describe the horrific results of the DTaP vaccine, also known as the tetanus shot and the whooping cough vaccine. Uh, it's diphtheria, tetanus, and pertussis, and uh, his child's uh, tragic story uh, uh, resulting from that vaccine. And mind you, they give, well, it's just unbelievable. They, they give three of these to children in the United States by six months. Oh, so anyway, we are losing many children, and this is going unreported and is unforgivable. However, um, my first uh, recording uh, is of Rocco Galati. Oh, yes, the, the second half of the show, I have a live guest. Yay! It's going to be Giselle Manzo, and she has an autistic child. She's going to uh, tell us about that experience and give some advice. And uh, also, she's going to be sharing why she is supporting Donald Trump for president, uh, something we did last week, and I'm very happy to do again this week with a staunch supporter of Donald Trump. Okay, so uh, let us start now with... Uh, with attorney Rocco Galati representing Vaccine Choice Canada talking about two lawsuits. The first is for uh, children to attend school and the exemptions in that regard. And when I bring up the word COVID, he shifts to the COVID lawsuit. So be apprised of that. And thank you very much, Ken, for playing that for our audience now. You have a pretty clear-cut case um, here in terms of a constitutional argument. Um, I can't imagine that you would do other than win this. Well, the, 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 the laws on our side in Canada, our Supreme Court of Canada and the other appellate courts have already ruled that no one can be the subject of any medical procedure or treatment without expressed informed consent. There is only one rare exception that's not really an exception, and that is when a child is in, in imminent threat of physical harm or death and the parents on religious grounds do not want that medical treatment. The Supreme Court of Canada has said that the court, uh, usually on a, uh, on a quick injunction, decides that balancing the best interests of the child uh, with the with the uh, uh, the wishes of the parents, because under our Canadian Constitution, children under our life, liberty, and security of the person, and equal uh, equality provision of our charter, which the Federal Bill of Rights does not have in the United States, uh, a child is not the property of parents in Canada. The children have independent rights on an equal footing and against their parents, depending on the circumstance. So even in that circumstance, the treatment cannot be had without a court order if they're going to do it. And the child obviously does not have the legal capacity to consent or not consent. So that's the only rare instance where that constitutional right is, uh, uh, ends with a different result, where the parents don't give the consent, but the court does. I see. And the court... Um, when they give consent for a child 
to be vaccinated ignore no the, the the courts don't do that the, that doctrine only applies that only applies in the scenario of imminent severe physical harm or death typically it's a traffic accident scenario and all the cases that have gone up on this issue are jehovah witness cases where the parents don't want a blood transfusion and the court says well that's just too bad because it because the child the child has a, 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 a the child has separate rights and it can't be said that when the child is 18 for instance the child would have made the same decision as the parents and so and so that's a very rare exception to the constitutional right not to not to uh, uh, have expressed consent the court in those cases dealt with the scenario of the possibility that a child at age 13 or 14 could be considered, quote, a mature minor, because we have a mature minor doctrine in Canada for certain decisions. The Supreme Court of Canada, in the context of, of medical treatment, said uh, the mature uh, minor doctrine is not to be exaggerated. In those instances, the parents still have full capacity to refuse any treatment. I see. Now, I had been informed, and I haven't read your constitution, that there, that um, mandated vaccination was not allowed in Canada. It's like the only constitution that had any kind of a addressed such a scenario. Our constitution does not. In fact, the word health does not even appear in our constitution. That is not there by specific language. It's not that our constitution says uh, you, you, you can't do this or that uh, without express consent. But we have a right that's uh, very, very comparable to your due process clause. We have a right that gives us the right to life, liberty, and security of the person. That section, which is Section 7, to our Charter of Rights has been interpreted by the Supreme Court of Canada and other appellate courts to say that means if a person doesn't want medical treatment, you can't force it on them. End the story. And, and as I said, the only rare exception is the one I just spoke about. Now, the, uh, one of the cases on that doctrine was when they tried to inject uh, mind-altering drugs on violent psychiatric patients. And the court said, you can't do that. And the government was saying, yeah, but they're violent. And the court said, restrain them, but you can't inject them with drugs to calm them down against their will. Even though they're psychiatric patients and they're incompetent for a lot of things, they have the wherewithal to say yay or nay to a needle. Okay. So that's the law Um, here. Right. Okay. Um, now, you have bro- this has been brought to the fore because of m- a multitude of violations that have come about just because of COVID-19. Am I correct? I filed on behalf of Vaccine Choice Canada last November where they started putting extra hurdles 
in front of parents who want to exercise their constitutional right not to have their children vaccinated. So what they did was they put in a new regulation that said, okay, you can exercise your exemption, but you have to do two things before you can exercise it. One is you've got to go to a class and be browbeaten and indoctrinated on the virtues of vaccines. And then you have to sign a declaration where you say that you recognize that not vaccinating can cause harm or death to your children. And that's the law that we're challenging because we do have a right of exemption by statute already here, right? And that's the law that we challenged back in October. Of course, with this pandemic, my my clients also saw coming that they want to roll out maybe mandatory vaccines, period, without an exemption. And so we've challenged those in the lawsuit that I filed July of this year as part of the bigger uh, uh, challenge to all the COVID measures, not just va- the, uh, the possibility of mandatory vaccinations. The other uh, challenge that was filed was filed last October 2019. So there are two cases in the court right now. Oh, I hadn't realized that. So the first okay. one is to remove any and all hurdles on uh, uh, to any parent who wants to simply say with respect to vaccines for their children, thanks, but no thanks. And it's our position that's yeah. all a person needs to say. They don't need to go to class as if we're in uh, communist China or the Soviet Union to be indoctrinated, and we don't need to, to, to sign a piece of paper that could later be held against us because, because we've admitted this and that, which is not true. And uh, that's what we call in Canada, as you do in the States, compelled speech. When the state tries to get somebody to sign or say something with which they do not agree, it's unconstitutional, both in your country and, uh, and Canada. It's called compelled speech. And that comes from the, you know, Henry VIII and uh, Sir Thomas More, who was killed and put to death for refusing to sign. Okay, um, well, uh, now I'm going to ask you to talk to the listener and tell them what they might not know about this uh, lawsuit or uh, so that people walk away feeling uh, uh, educated. Sure, well, what we've done is uh, uh, we filed on July 6th a 191-page statement of claim that seeks declaratory relief from all three levels of government, the federal, the provincial, which is equivalent to the state uh, governments in the states, and to uh, against the city of Toronto, which is our largest city. And basically what the claim is about is, number one, that, that both, the pre- both the prime minister and the premier have effectively dispensed with parliament and are ruling on royal prerogative because we have a Westminster parliamentary system in Canada like England, and, in, and that's been unconstitutional in our system since 1688. Uh, and th- so they're ruling, they've dispensed with Parliament and are ruling under the pretense of royal prerogative, which is what happened in 1688, and Charles I lost his head as a result, uh, as a result of it. You don't have that problem because you had a revolution in 1776. So, so basically they've dispensed with the legislative house and are acting through the executive. Now, there are three state courts in, in the states that struck the COVID measures on that basis as well, that the governors were ruling 
as despots and not putting the measures to the legislative houses. That was the case in uh, Pennsylvania and I believe in, uh, in one of the Dakotas. Uh, and that was the case also in Austria and Romania and in Strasbourg at the European Court. But that just basically bypasses the su- substantive issue, which is we've also challenged the measures to their root, and that is on their substance. We, we seek declarations from the court that the measures are neither scientifically nor medically based, that they are extreme, damaging, and overreach, that they are irrational and illogical, and we put the government to prove the pandemic on a scientific and medical basis, and that their measures and that their testing uh, and any proposal of any mandatory vaccine is rational and scientifically based. We also seek declarations that the measures, you know, whether they're passed by the legislature or the dog catcher, are breach our constitutional rights uh, under our Charter of Rights, and that is the right to freedom of conscience, belief, expression, uh, life, liberty, security of the person, unreasonable search and seizure, arbitrary detention, and our equality provisions under our, 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 our Charter of Rights. And where the equality comes in, in the most devastating way, is that the measures have had their most vicious and disproportionate impact on whom? The disabled, whether physically or neurologically, particularly children with special needs. Uh, disability is a ground of discrimination under our equality provision. And the aged, Over 80% of all those who have purportedly died from COVID have died in long-term care facilities. And so our governments, and I'm sure it's the same in the United States, have made absolutely no provision to mitigate these irrational, overreaching, extreme measures and how they impact on the disabled, both physically and neurologically, and the aged. And so, so, you know, it's, it's, it's... I say it without any reservation whatsoever. What they've done to these two groups of people, including the poor, is a crime against humanity. It's a crime against humanity because what we know now is that to a measure of 12 to 14 to 1, for every person they say dies of COVID, 12 to 14 people die from the COVID measures. So, for example... We've had a fourfold increase in drug overdoses directly linked to the COVID measures. These, these, are, these are admitted facts from the public health officers all over the world. We've had a five-time increase in suicide rates. We've had a 42% increase in heart, deaths from heart attacks because they canceled these surgeries and people are afraid to seek medical care because they're afraid of this COVID the super alien bug, right? Ten thousand. The, the 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 Guardian newspaper in England uh, published a paper saying that ten thousand additional Alzheimer's patients died in one month alone, April of 2020, compared to April of 2019, because of the COVID measures. We know that ten thousand additional children are starving to death because of the COVID measures. The World Food Bank says that they estimate that as many as 10% of the world's population will see severe food shortages and possible 
uh, death from hunger. Well, 10% of the world's population is 700 million people. And it goes on, and then there's the depressions, and then the, the spike, the stratosphere spike in domestic abuse as a result of these untenable measures, uh, which goes unreported and goes unredressed. And the list just goes on and on and on. We're not even talking about the victims that fall into severe mental health crisis. Here we're talking about deaths. And this is just untenable. And under our Constitution, under our Constitution, a government can justify limits to constitutional rights if it passes what we call the Section Section 1 of our Constitution says that uh, the government can curtail constitutional rights if they can show that it's demonstrably justified in a free and democratic society. And our courts have devised a test, has had a test whether a law is demonstrably justified under uh, a free and democratic society. It's got two arms. The first arm says the law has to have a valid legislative objective. That means, and the onus is on the government to justify these breaches. So that means, first of all, the government has to, on an evidentiary basis, justify that this, in fact, is a pandemic, scientifically and medically, and, and that there's a, legislate, a valid legislative uh, uh, basis for closing down the parliaments and shutting down the world and having everybody living under de facto house arrest and martial law. Now, even if they get past that first one, because the, this, is, this, test, this first arm is not measured with precision, but just a general, a general uh, concern, well, that, they might have passed that test in March and April before they knew what was going on. But they certainly don't pass it now, because we have a lot of the science and the medicine and the evidence in. So, but even if they get by that first requirement, there's a second requirement, which we call what the Supreme Court of Canada calls the proportionality part of the test. And so it has three subarms. The first of all, they have to show that the measures themselves are rational. Good luck. Number two, even if they're rational, that the measures have to infringe our, right, our rights to the very minimum. So you can't have measures exceeding what's necessary to deal with the valid objective. These measures are extreme, and we have a, what we call an overbreath doctrine. You, your, your, your measures can't, uh, can't be overreaching. Now, even if they meet that, the last arm, uh, the last part of the test is... Uh, even if the, so, even if you have valid legislation, even if it's rational, and even if it's not overreaching, the third and last part of the test is that the measures cannot, that the, the dilatorious uh, uh, impact cannot outweigh the beneficial impact of the measures. What that means is that if your measures are causing more harm than, than the problem is, it's still unconstitutional. And as I said, you're trying to arrest a virus. Uh, you have measures that kill 12 or 14 more people than the virus would. Well, that doesn't pass the dilatorious versus beneficial uh, part of the test. Thank you for that really clear explanation. Um, we have something, we have a ruling here in, in America 
um, by Justice Scalia recently, which nobody seems to be picking up on, but it's really important. It says the Constitution protects you from even the best intentions. Now, you know they're trying to pass this off as being for our, for our good, right? Hey. So the Constitution protects you from even the best intentions and, right. from, well, the crisis, is, and right. from the crisis of the day. And from the right, and that, he's restating what I just said in a different way, and he's right. Uh-huh. That's right. You you know it's it's like the old adage that the the road to hell is paved with the best intentions. At some point, you got to realize, hey, our intentions have put us on the road to hell. Okay, uh, we'll be right back uh, after these messages with a recording from Ted Hines about his son's reaction to the DTaP vaccine. Folks, we're living in a world the likes of which we've never perceived any clearer than we do now. The plan for global governance has been in the works for generations and would have likely been achieved by now, but for the fact that the globalists left open their Achilles heel. With all their tools, Federal Reserve System, fiat currency, no child left behind, and then common core education introduced to our schools to dumb us down, vaccines, pharmaceuticals to lobotomize us, GMO foods, insertion of compromised or bought and paid for politicians, judges, mainstream media propaganda, all pieced together like a puzzle designed to ultimately bring the world under submission. But with all their strategy, they forgot one thing, knowledge and knowledge is power. With knowledge, their bombardment is nullified. Folks, with that, as brilliant and knowledgeable as you've become, among the wisest audience of any radio audience in the world, and you are, I want you to take a moment to reflect and ask yourself, how much of that knowledge did I obtain from Republic Broadcasting Network? How high has my consciousness been raised since I've been a listener? How fast am I now able to discriminate truth from fake news by being a Republic Broadcasting listener? How clear am I now able to see the world since I've been listening to RBN? Ask yourselves those questions, folks. Then ask yourself, what is that knowledge worth to me? Like my morning coffee, how would I survive without it? A voice of truth and a sea of lies. Do we not all need to make sure it survives? Like public broadcasting, we are now finding we can only survive with listener support. Censorship, advertisers being attacked, truth itself being attacked. It's the only way through this. We at Republic Broadcasting humbly ask you to become a supporter. Look at your budget and make a determination of what Republic Broadcasting is worth to you and what you can afford on a monthly basis. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and pledge 20, 30, 40, 50, if possible, 100 a month or more if it's affordable. Click the Donate button and become a regular monthly donor. Assure both us and yourself that Republic Broadcasting Truth will continue to flow like that morning coffee. The network thanks you. What would you say if I told you we have a new tool that will increase production and lower maintenance costs for your meat processing company, and it would pay for itself in just six weeks? When pigs fly! The new Ease-Off Model EZ4 replaces old spring-style carcass droppers and is faster, safer, and more reliable. The Ease-Off lowers or lifts 1,000 pounds to or from your rail automatically using our remote control. Sounds expensive. Can I afford it? Can you afford not to try the Ease-Off? 
it installs fast with just three bolts in place of your current dropper. The effortless operation will reduce fatigue and injuries, speed up your line, eliminate downtime, and increase profit. How can I order my ease off? Go to easeoff.com, E-A-Z-E-O-F-F.com, and hurry, because we are offering $200 off on the new Easy 4 for a limited time. Easeoff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too. Ease off LLC. Summersville, Missouri. 417-932-6419. I think it's time we open up our eyes and our Hi there, everybody. You're listening to Vaccine Free America. My name is Sally O'Cordy, and I'm going to play for October Vaccine Injury Awareness Month a recording of Ted Hines describing his son's injury post-diphtheria, tetanus, and pertussis vaccination. Thank you, Ken, for playing that. Oh, yes, that's the earlier one, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, would you like to? I, I'd be glad to. Um, you know, it, it's important that people become aware that vaccines are not what we've been told they are. You know, the mantra is vaccines are safe and effective, end of story, and uh, I unfortunately bought into that uh, into that story when I was a young parent. I didn't do what I now know to be uh, the responsible thing as a parent to educate myself and to make an informed, conscious decision. I simply went along with uh, uh, what was being told to me. Um, my son Joshua was born in 1984, and... Uh, at five months of age, we took him in for his first vaccine shot, which was uh, the diphtheria, tetanus, pertussis, uh, DPT shot. And he was immediately um, uh, agitated by the shot, the, the demeanor, uh, my son's ability to sleep well, just his, you know, just his whole character changed dramatically. What I would say to people is that the son that I brought home from the doctor's office was a different child than the son that I took to the doctor's office. Uh, 21 days after that uh, vaccination shot, Josh had his first grand mal seizure, which was about 25 minutes long. Josh continued to seize uh, uh, throughout his lifetime in spite of the best efforts of uh, the medical profession. They were never able to control Josh's seizures. By the time he was four, he was seizing at a rate of 12 to 15 times a day, which each seizure was 15 to 20 minutes long. And so my son lost that you know he, uh, he had developed fairly typically up until about three years of age and then with that intense amount of seizing he lost virtually all of his language his ability to to care for himself dress uh he was uh, uh reduced to being in a in a wheelchair most of the time and so my son um required 24-hour care his entire life and then he passed away in 2017 um um at the age of 31, so it was uh, it was a heartbreak for me as a parent to realize that I had participated in the harming and, and early death of my son. 
24-7, and he lived to be 31 years old. And now, were these the kinds of seizures that would cut off his air supply? I, I know uh, instances of those kinds of seizures. Yeah, they were grand mal seizures, so the intense convulsing that happens with a grand mal seizure. Uh, you know, his... Uh, his lips would turn blue. Uh, you know, he. It, it, you know, it, it's excruciating to watch uh, your child go through that experience over and over and over again, and feel absolutely powerless to stop it. Um, and so, um, and you know, the, the medical industry denied that it had anything to do with the vaccine. Uh, they refused to to consider it as as even a possibility. You know, I had asked some basic questions like, you know, can you review the, the lot number of the vaccine, see if other children had responded this way? And their answer was, no, that's a waste of our time and resources. We know that vaccines are safe. Uh, and it was only uh, when uh, in the United States, as you know, in 1986, when Congress granted the vaccine industry legal immunity, and one of the justifications for that was that they had there were so many lawsuits against the vaccine manufacturers, uh, primarily as a result of the DPT shot uh, causing neurological injury, that I realized that uh, my, you know, what I had uh, seen with my son was was uh, a, a common phenomena uh, to the extent that the, the vaccine industry was uh, at risk of going out of business from the amount of lawsuits that they were experiencing. And so I, what I learned is, uh, is uh, the medical industry is, is uh, telling us a lie about that medical product. Um, you know, we're being deceived on a massive scale. And, you know, what they ought to be doing is giving us full information so we can make an informed choice. And, and that was never granted to me. And what I, I've had to do my own research in, based upon what I know now, I, I would not, uh, again, partake in that medical practice Right. Um, yeah, the the DTAP is a particularly gruesome uh, outcome from that vaccine, and there a lot of people don't realize there are three in the United States. In any event, they are given three doses of this triple shot through six months. I don't know if it's the same yeah. in Canada, but it's uh Anyway, we do. Okay, thank you very much. That was Ted Kuntz of Vaccine Choice Canada. When we come back from the break, uh, we're going to be speaking live with Giselle Manzo, and uh, her child is autistic, and she's going to give people some really good advice and educate you about vaccine-induced autism. I thank you very much. You're listening to Vaccine Free America on republicbroadcasting.org. Uh, I just want you to know that the next show coming up is Immunize Wisely with Ingrid Castle, and her guest will be Mary Toko, who used to be a, a host on RBN, and uh, that should be a very interesting program. Stick around for Giselle Manzo. You are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org.
Here at Republic Broadcasting Network, we have been building our online store. Well, we have been focusing on bringing you the best talk show host in the country. Here at Republic Broadcasting Network, we also want our listeners to have products they can use every day and in times of emergency. We have added new products each week to our store. Your support of this network, plus products at the best prices, is a win-win situation. Check out our new store. Go to our website, republicbroadcasting.org, and click on the online store located at the top of our website. Together, we can continue to grow RBN and help our listeners prepare for the future. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and click on our online store or call us. 800-724-2719, extension 3. 800-724-2719, extension 3. Extend your life with Extendovite. Extendovite really works. Here are some reviews from Amazon.com. Nikki, great product. Have to try it for a few months to see results. After taking Extendivite for about six months, I have noticed improvement on the numbness of my hands and wrists from carpal tunnel. I will continue to buy the product. Ken Peaks, five out of five stars. Works as advertised. This formula is very powerful. Be careful to follow directions. I am feeling much better. My heart rate and blood pressure has stabilized and my lower edema has reduced. Lower leg pain due to blood clots has disappeared. Thank you. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit our website at heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Hello, I'm Dr. Leonard Horowitz. I was right 30 years ago in warning the world about threatening lab virus outbreaks, AIDS, and Ebola. I was right 20 years ago when FBI Director Robert Mueller made me a suspect in the anthrax mailings because I warned the Bureau before the CIA's biocrime and Cipro sales psyops happened. I was right about COVID-19 being an AIDS-laced mutagen plan to resurge this fall to excuse officials' profitable depopulation globalization agendas. And I was right about the only safeguards being antioxidants and holy spiritual sustenance. Vitamin C, D, zinc, chlorophyll, oxygen, and oxysilver especially transmits the frequency resonance to neutralize the expanded function bioweapon. Oxysilver is a double superconductor of the healing power of love. It is the first nutraceutical invented to amplify prayer power and the faithful loving intention of your heart. Buy, try, and stockpile oxysilver through HealthyWorldStore.com. Hi there, this is Sally O'Cordy. You're listening to Vaccine Free America on republicbroadcasting.org. My guest is Giselle Manzo. I'm going to bring her right on. Welcome, Giselle. Okay. Well, anyway, Giselle Manzo is the mother of an autistic child and an avid Trump supporter. So she's going to come on and speak about uh, both issues. So I look forward to that. Anyway, uh, the the last two people you were hearing was uh, Rocco Galati, 
the attorney speaking about two separate lawsuits, one uh, regarding the religious exemptions and philosophical exemptions uh, in Canada and preserving them. And the second was in regard to uh, the uh, lockdown that they're trying to impose in Canada. He's a lovely gentleman, extremely knowledgeable. I hope you learned as much as I did. I know I learned a lot. But anyway, um, okay. I'm not sure who we have with us. Uh, no, that would be the wrong person. Um, okay. I don't know what. Hi. Um, yes, we're trying to get Giselle Manzo. G Manzo is her is her um, contact. Yes. No problem. Okay. Okay. Alrighty, fine. Around loving people and using things you got. Every act of kindness counts, it don't matter how small. This I know above all else, love conquers all.
me a postcard. My address is at my website at thelibertyman.com. We pick a postcard every other Thursday. When your postcard is drawn out, you get to buy an engine and for Halloween. $15 oh, instead of two. Probably a bad night, right? No. Hi. Hi, Ken. We're on the air now? Okie dokie. Okay. Well, uh, Giselle Manzo um, is we're going to be on briefly today, and she'll come back uh, later to speak about the all-important issue of autism. She definitely does not have enough time to speak about that this evening, but we are going to start instead with why she is uh, supporting Donald Trump, which is timely. Okay. Um, hi, uh, I'm Giselle Monza. I'm the mother of a severely autistic child. Uh, he was, can, can, can you hear me? I can hear you perfectly. Okay, perfect. And so my son, uh, it was 2008, uh, I went to, uh, well, my son had gotten sick two weeks prior to the, um, to uh, getting his, his uh, one year, to be in his one year baby well visit. And so prior to that, he had gotten sick with a very high fever, I took him in, and um, they recommended that he get that he take Tylenol and Motrin intermittently. The following week, he got uh, a strep infection, so he was on moxicillin for a week. And I remember being very upset that I had to go in a third time because it was uh, he had turned one, and it was his baby well visit. And by that time, uh, David was feeling fine. He looked good. Um, I took him in. I said, well, they're just going to look at him and leave. And when we got there, the doctor said, yeah, he looks great. Uh, but he's late for his polio vaccine, and uh, I said, "Well, we were we were we were um, on a trip to Italy, so we came, we went back and forth with both children who were babies at the time. There's no going on. Anybody who has a child with autism knows that there's no going on any trip, especially an eight-hour flight with a child who has autism. So both children were fine at the time. Um, and I said, well, I'm sorry, but unfortunately we were traveling. And um, on the next breath he says, and he's due for his MMR. At that point, something in me was just, you know, my heart dropped and I said, um, do you think that's a good idea, doctor? Because, you know, he was just sick this past two weeks and he got right in my face and told me that I needed to do it. So I asked him very politely if I could split it up, not knowing much of anything. So he got the polio that day. We went back home. I didn't notice anything different. A week later, um, I came, or two weeks later, rather, we came in for his um, MMR. And that night, my child didn't sleep. It was headbanging the whole night, screaming. There was no consoling him. And the following day, um, he was gone. He just, you know, stared off into the distance uh, with drool coming out of his mouth or he was headbanging, one of the two. But and I I lost my child that day. And uh, that was uh, on the 15th of June in 2008. And uh, that'll be a, be a day that I'll never forget. But uh, as, to answer um, Sally's question as to why I, and just briefly to, to summarize why I support Donald Trump, it didn't come overnight. Um, I I didn't support him initially because I did. I thought he was just part of the establishment. Um, 
ever since that happened to my child, I delved deeply into why it happened. And what I concluded then, and that was back in 2009, was that this was not, um, this was not a, an accident. This was very much purposeful. And so I've been sort of anti-establishment ever since and never believed in anything that was coming out of the media's mouth because I noticed that everything that they say 90% of the time it's a lie. So when Donald Trump announced that he was running for president, I thought it was a big fat joke. Uh, here comes another, you know, establishment um, uh, Hollywood personality uh, coming in to, you know, lie to us some more. And it wasn't until one of the debates, uh, the earlier debates with the Republicans, that he was um, that he mentioned vaccines, and that's when I started listening very closely to what he had to say. And uh, on every level, the more they attacked him, the more I was in support of him because it was very obvious that he was not establishment, not an establishment puppet. He didn't have to do what he did. He was a perfectly comfortable billionaire living the you know, American dream. And he didn't have to do this and take the abuse that he has from establishment ever since. But more than that, you know, it's everything he's done since um, his inauguration, which is, has spoken volumes and just goes to show that um, the media is constantly lying about this man and uh, saying that he's racist and sexist and xenophobic and all these things, which are just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, what kind of racist signs, a, you know, a groundbreaking step act uh, to it, it's a criminal justice bill that um that um, helps former inmates to, to, to successfully return to society and uh, where 90% of those uh, being affected are uh, blacks. And, you know, he's, he's increased funding for historical black colleges and universities. He's um, enacted the opportunity zones. He's, um, he signed so many legislations that um, help people of, uh, that are minorities so he didn't have to do that, and he did because that wasn't the bulk of his, uh, the people that that actually voted for him in 2016. But yet he did. So obviously that that is not true. He's not sexist. A sexist doesn't uh, doesn't enact a bill to provide spaces for breastfeeding moms in airports. You know, people had a problem with seeing a mom um, feeding her child, and he made it so that these women would have a place. To, to properly breastfeed their children. Um, he's, um, he signed the Preventing Maternal Act, Death Act that provides funding for states to develop maternal mortality reviews to better understand maternal complications and identify solutions. So the, these are things that he's done and that nobody talks about. So, um, you know, we are, not, we are not a racist country. I mean, I, I as a, I, I'm Hispanic. I come from Panama. I came in as a political refugee. We went through, we went through all of the. Um, we came in legally, and had to wait a long time. And the day that I became a an American, I was very, very proud. And to see others come and bum, you know, just go through the border, and just um, take advantage of 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 Americans is not. That's that that has nothing to do with racism. That's just, we don't have the capability to feed and close the world. You know, we can help others, but 
Um, this is not, this is what the DNC wants and establishment. Um, there's no white privilege. I, I think, I think that if we had white privilege in America, um, we wouldn't have had a black president, you know, uh, Elizabeth Warren wouldn't put on her, on her college, uh, documents that she was, uh, um, that she was a native American, if that were the case. Uh, Kamala Harris wouldn't be a congresswoman. You know, those things are, are just blatant lies. And I don't understand why people just um, believe that. And uh, so those are just some of the reasons why I, I am pro-Trump. Well, let me tell you, I uh, was in Union Station a couple of days or the day before the inauguration. And... As I came into Union Station, there was a very orchestrated march. The marchers gathered, the news cameras gathered, and everybody was prepared for this march through Union Station. And the marchers were accompanied by the Union Station police. And they were carrying large black signs with white writing, and they were all saying in unison, no KKK, no fascist USA, no Trump. Exactly. Now, and this is, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Well, I, I, I lived in Washington, D.C. through two inaugurations. I've never seen anything like that. I went outside and they had table upon table upon table of paraphernalia one would purchase during an inauguration. And of the 14... Which shows that this, is, that, that this is absolutely not an organic movement. This well, is, well uh, this is, had nothing to do with Trump. There was only one table for Trump. Everything else was bemoaning that Obama was leaving. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah. And, and so these, these, these things are very much organized uh, by uh, the leftist, uh, well, Democratic Party, which really has been um, hijacked by globalists and a Marxist agenda. And these two, um, these two ideologies can't coexist uh, side by side. So they're trying to take down our country, trying to take down our constitution, individual rights. Um, you know, we are really in it for f the fight of our lives. This is absolutely one of the most important elections in history. In history, this is the, it doesn't get much more important than this. Um, I would say since 1860. And Abraham Lincoln, uh, that was an important uh, uh, election. And so is this one, because it's not about Trump. It's about our, it, it's our, it's about two regimes, two regimes that cannot coexist uh, side by side. And one believes that, you know, it's a, about um, all Americans and there's colorblindness, while the other one is about multiculturalism and identity politics and villainizing males and redistributing uh, wealth and power from from the middle class to the poor and the underprivileged and this is not what my parents moved here for we moved here for individual rights for the rule of law for understanding well, you know if, if i would villainize males i would villainize them for leaving their wives when they have autistic when their children become autistic post-vaccination yeah yeah according and to Sheila just... Ely 
more she thinks more than 90%. I've heard 80%. She thinks it's more than 90% of uh parents with uh autistic children are divorced. Yeah. And and I believe that this is by design. I mean, I'm not saying that our our children that are it's just that it's everything. Um for taking away our our rights as parents um through things like common core you know and teaching our our kids things that they shouldn't be learning in school um it's it how about um transgenderism how is transgenderism the most important pressing thing of our time what is that's that accounts for less than one percent of our society how about all the homeless it's not as soon it's going to be escalated beyond belief and I think it's because of the extra chromosome in the vaccines yeah. they're injecting. Yeah, unfortunately, into I know what you're getting. So, yeah, so absolutely. Let, yeah, yeah, so at this point, I, I say to people, uh, kids are gender confused. We're injecting it into them. We're injecting that confusion directly into them. Yeah, by the third chromosome that's in the vaccines by aborted fetal cells, yeah. And, and that could be, you know, driving this whole thing as well. Um but obviously it's been done to us and uh, honestly i i hate to sound conspiratorial but i do believe it's on purpose and so because of that we we really do need to step up and fight for our country you know and and look um democrats the way that that i remember democrats because i grew up as a democrat my mom was democrat you know um we always voted democrat and so what's happened now is that the democratic party is no longer a democratic party it's it's a socialist party and they have an agenda and that is to take down our constitution to take down our freedom of speech our second amendment rights our rights for to to govern over our our own children over our own bodies this is an existential threat we need to wake up we cannot continue on like this. The, the stakes on this election are very, very high. And unfortunately, Republicans, um, those in, in government, uh, the politicians have done have done a very, very poor job at explaining to the country that, you know, that 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 we aren't a racist country, that America is good. OK, that, um, you know, that we have made. You are listening to Vaccine Free America. My guest is Giselle Manzo, who will be returning to speak at length about autism. Thank you very much, Giselle. Everybody stay tuned for Ingrid Castle and her guest, Mary Toko, on Immunize Wisely. Good evening. This is Sally Alcorti signing off for Vaccine Free America. Is your property a financial burden and causing you grief? Have you tried to sell but can't find buyers? Or are you just too busy to sell your property? Don't worry. We have the right solution for you. 
We buy properties as is, with cash, close in 30 days, and pay all closing costs. Our service is ideal for property owners who are in pre-foreclosure, have high-end repair costs, experiencing financial hardship, going through costly divorces, are relocating, need cash for retirement, suffering family loss, or have tax liens. Whatever your situation may be, we can help you sell your property and get the money you need. If you own a single-family home or multiple family units, call us for a free consultation at 888-910-1037. That's 888-910-1037. Or visit our website at cashingproperty.com. That's cashingproperty.com. Sell your property fast and leave all your worries behind. This is RBN, the Republic Broadcasting Network.